Hey, my name is Abby, and I'm one of the pastors here at HTBV, and I'm so glad to be speaking with you today. How many of you used a search engine in order to access this content right now? Maybe you went to Google, maybe you were on YouTube, but the search bar is integrated into pretty much every place we begin to type. And that's because we live in the information age. We've been set up to access an infinite amount of information and we have more knowledge than we really know what to do with. Forbes says, knowledge comes by taking things apart, but wisdom comes by putting things back together. And as we come into this new phase of life, phase two to be precise, with reopening and vaccines, we're probably Googling COVID information a bit less because what we actually need in order to put our lives back together isn't more knowledge, but wisdom. We're starting a new sermon series today called wise up. And we're going to look at wisdom from the book of James over the next three weeks. Today, I want to speak about why does God test us and what's that got to do with wisdom? And I believe that God wants to speak into your life today to bring you comfort and to um, help steady us as we put our lives back together. So we're going to read from James chapter one, verse one. It says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for it who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Verse 12. But blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James tells us three things about trials, the nature of trials, the purpose of trials, and our response to trials. And that's what we're going to look at today. So firstly, what are trials? Well, we don't have to dig very deep. There's no hidden meaning here. But in these two verses, James lays it out plainly for us. Thank you. There are three things to know about trials from these two verses. Um, and the first one is whenever. There's no if with trials, um, they're inevitable. And we all know that life isn't plain sailing and yet we're still surprised when trials come. How often do we spend planning things um, around avoiding unexpected crisis? It's sensible, you take out insurance so that when you go traveling, you don't have a huge financial payout if there's an accident, or we go to the dentist annually when our teeth are fine to prevent toothache in the future. But the Greek here for face is fall upon, to like fall into something. So even with the best planning, 
trials are still going to come. The second thing that James tells us about trials is that they will come in many kinds. In form, in length, in intensity, they're going to vary throughout our lifetime. And I think what's a bit unusual at the moment is we're all going through the same trial and yet no doubt individually we're experiencing difficulties, um, whether they're COVID related or not, within our individual lives. And then the third thing we learn about trials is that they produce something in us. And I'm really glad we get to this point because otherwise it's been a bit demotivating. This is where trials take a turn. There's hope in this, that our problems can have purpose. Looking around the church community at the moment, there are so many people facing so many difficulties, everything from business problems, family pressure, infertility, caring for elderly parents, dealing with long-term physical illness and suffering because of mental health. And so how can there be purpose in these things? What's the point? But if you're going through something right now and today, what this passage does give us are a few reasons for the purpose of trials. And the first one that James points out is that they are for the testing of our faith in verse three. Now you might be now having like flashbacks to school exams or feeling a bit panicky, but this isn't like a school exam or taking your driving test. But the word here for testing conjures up an image of a process of purifying, of like refining a metal. So back in the day when silver was processed, it's now processed using chemicals. But before a silversmith would have had to heat up the silver in a pot, a bunch, a bunch of it all in there, really, really high temperature. And then at a certain point, the materials that were hiding within the silver would start to oxidize and rise to the surface. And then they would either burn off or the silversmith would remove them. That process is called testing, where they separate the impurities from the silver, leaving you with the good stuff. Trials put the heat under us. And just like the picture of the silver, trials reveal what we're made of. James says here that they reveal what our faith is like. But testing doesn't leave us there. That process is to help identify the impurities and remove them. The silversmith would then repeat this process over and over and over again until the silver has reached sufficient testing. And the test was that the silversmith would be able to look down into the silver and begin to see their reflection. The first purpose of trials is that they are for the proving of our faith as genuine and for our lives to reflect back Jesus. The second purpose of trials is in verse three, that they produce perseverance. There has been so much sport to catch up on over this past year after everything was postponed. I don't know what your sport of choice is, what you've been watching. You've had the Rugby Six Nations, you've had the Masters, the US Open, Wimbledon, we've had the Olympics, obviously the Paralympics and so much football, I can't keep up. And what's been amazing is we see these athletes in training, getting their bodies back to their peak physical fitness and performance. 
And while the purpose of some sports is like speed and other sports is all about the strength, all athletes require endurance. Time under tension strengthens our muscles. And this physical image is really helpful to help us understand the spiritual because trials slow us down, they disrupt our normal rhythms and they can actually stop us in our tracks. It's time under tension that strengthens the muscle of faith. The word for perseverance means to remain under. We are called to endure trials and not try and escape them. Or another way to think about perseverance is from verse six. It says, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When we're faced with trials, doubt naturally creeps in. But James says here that when you feel like you're being battered from every side or tossed about like a wave in the sea, the purpose of a trial is to try and remain. And in Hebrews 6, 19, it says that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. So when you feel like you can't, we can take comfort in this. The reason that we can endure is because Jesus is the anchor in the storm, firm and secure throughout all the trials we will face. He's there to help us persevere. And then the third purpose of a trial is from verse four. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you, be, you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The message translation says, don't try and get out of anything prematurely. There's a link between perseverance and maturity. I don't know what your natural response to crisis is. If you're like me, you want to analyze everything to figure out what's happening and how do I cope with this and resolve it as soon as possible. Or maybe you're someone that likes to understand so that you can learn from it and make sure that it's worth something. But what happens when we don't really understand? How do we still trust? We don't necessarily think our way into maturity or analyze our way into maturity, but we persevere our way into maturity. Either we can let trials defeat us or let God develop us. John Mark Comer says that trials have the potential to give us more than they take away. You see, they don't leave us deficient, but they can lead us into maturity and completeness. So what do we do if we want to see the purpose in our problems? How should we be responding? Well, James gives us another three things that we can uh, do to respond to trials. And the first thing is to rejoice. He says in verse two, consider it pure joy. Wisdom in trials looks like considering it pure joy. I think that's really difficult. It's a really difficult thing to take and a pretty hard response. It actually just feels like a bit insensitive. But another um, translation of this verse says you can also count it all joy. So often we tend to look at our lives as profit and loss, to win or to lose, blessings and battles. And when we face trials, we do count them. We calculate what we've lost. And I'm sure in this season, you can list off the losses that you've experienced. But it's not 
that the sum of our trials equals lack and the sum of our wins equals joy. James isn't saying here to have joy in spite of our trials, but because of them, because of what God is doing in us. And as we persevere through the trial, we can count it all joy. Friends of ours at HTBB very recently went through unimaginable pain. They had a newborn baby boy and just a few hours after birth, his heart and his lungs just forgot how to function. And so he had to be rushed into intensive care and he was actually put on a ventilator for two days to help him breathe. And thankfully he is recovering, he, he's home. And his mum wrote this on Instagram last week and it really struck me. She said, we can't thank God enough for the many miracles he's performed in the first week of your life. You're a constant reminder to us that God is good. He is real, he is faithful, and he heals. It's his breath that fills your lungs and his goodness will never run out. That baby's parents had a choice, how to respond in a trial and what they found was joy. And James is reminding us that when we receive trials with faith and endure them with wisdom, we can consider it pure joy because of what God is doing in us. The second response that James says to have to trials is rely. Google released that the word why was the most included word in online searches in 2020. People want to know why. We are instinctively trying to make meaning out of everything. And whether you have faith in Jesus or not, trials often result in people looking at God. Trauma and pain raise questions. The Alpha Course is a course that we run here at HTBB, and it's really set up to explore life, faith, meaning. Um, it's a place for questions and for conversation. And it kicks off next week on the 6th of October, next Wednesday, so you can still sign up and join a small group. And one of my favorite things about Alpha Online is actually week one. I love it when you get put in your group and you get to meet everyone for the first time and you're all getting to know one another. And on week one, we discussed this question. It's this, if it turns out that there was a God after all, and you could ask God one question, what would you ask? And these questions, every time we do Alpha come up, people are asking, why am I going through this? Why would God let this happen? Why does God allow suffering? Wisdom in trials is letting your why lead you to rely. Wisdom allows trials to draw us into relying on God's presence rather than separating ourselves from him. And verse five says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. We are not created to face trials alone. The testing of our faith isn't having bad things happen to us and God stepping back and grading us on how we cope with it. The promise is that God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Through tough times, God is not absent, he's not distant, but he's present and close. Verse five, in other words, is saying, if you don't know what you're doing, if you feel like you don't have wisdom, pray to God and ask him because he loves to help you. 
He's not going to rub your face in it when we ask. We can ask boldly without a second thought. What would it look like if our prayer wasn't about the removal of a trial, but for the wisdom to make use of it? God wants to give us wisdom to get through trials because they're inevitable, but also because wisdom can be shared. I know there are so many of you that are in limbo at the minute. You're maybe waiting to get married. You've had to postpone, reschedule your wedding. And part of the process here at HTBB is that couples go on the pre-marriage course before they get married. And on that course, you are um, paired up with a support couple. And the whole point of that is that you meet a married couple who are a few years ahead of you and you meet up and you can chat and you can ask them questions about stuff. Stu and I had a support couple before we got married and it was just invaluable for our marriage to basically glean their wisdom about the trials that they'd already been through um, and it was so helpful. If our only response to trials is asking God to take them away, then we miss out on serving our community with the wisdom that we've received from God. Respond to trials by allowing them to let you rely on God and ask for the wisdom that you need. The third and final response to trials is refuse to quit. It says in verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Notice what this passage doesn't say. It's not blessed is the one who fights the hardest or blessed is the one who finds trials easy to overcome or blessed is the one who's the strongest. Instead, the blessing is given to the one who refuses to quit. The one who continues to place their trust in God and ask him for wisdom to help them keep going. God doesn't test our faith with the harshness of a trial because in verse 2 it says the testing of our faith is to produce perseverance. So that means that God tests our faith with time. Perseverance isn't celebrated that much in our culture. Typically, we love change, we love new things, we want to mix it up. And yet, James is saying in order to have wisdom in trials, we must remain. Consistent is what helps us produce maturity, long obedience in the same direction. Sometimes when we feel like cannot is often when we think too far ahead we think about gosh what if I'm still facing this in 10 years time and that's when we're overwhelmed and swallowed up with fear but perseverance is built just one step at a time the author Anne Voskamp said just one step in front of the other will make you move to another place make you another person and give you another kind of view it's not about the strength to get through the next 10 years it's about being faithful in today. And when we ask God for wisdom and we wait patiently, our trials will give us far more than they take away. We are promised the crown of life. Jesus is our ultimate example in this. He refused to quit. And as Jesus faced the horrific reality of the cross, he turned to God the Father asking for wisdom. He focused on the joy set before him, which was us, and he endured the cross of shame. 
God loves you and he is right beside you today in whatever you're facing. So why don't we pray together? Why don't we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us afresh today? Let's pray. We pray, come Holy Spirit. We ask for your presence to fill us once again and to make yourself known.